Welcome, 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 welcome back, people. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 68. 68. episode we'll be reviewing a promising young woman and the sound of metal you all right mr wanna what are we sipping on today no 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 industry news boo we'll get to that let's uh, get let's you... talk about this drinks first what what all right we always swapping? talk about the drinks All first. Right, I got you, my bad. I was switching. She's new to the show, folks. Welcome to Wanna Pet. I mean, whatever. It's Welcome. been a minute. Y'all got it. Welcome. <laughs> what are we drinking today? Episode 68. Episode 68. Well, we in our peanut butter fields. Sorry if you got an allergy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, We're back at it again. Well, one of my f- favorite... Um, brewing companies uh duclaw who i really 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 am enjoying out of uh, baltimore maryland and um you know i know the seasons are changing i ain't there yet there's some things still left on the shelf wow so let's let's keep it dark a little okay. you know we still gotta chill in new york so you know we chilly one day we warm the next pick your chilly night to drink this one if you're feeling it mm-hmm it's called Sweet Baby Jesus. Okay. I like that. Um, Sweet Baby Jesus is a chocolate peanut butter porter. Okay. So yummy. So, so very yummy. It's, just, it's very, um, it has a classic full body chocolate peanut butter porter with a smooth dry finish. And uh, it's got just enough hops. And balance, I mean, I feel uh, very malts. Uh, it's got a good aroma, um, just full of flavors of roasted uh, roasted malt, chocolate, uh, rich peanut butter. You know, it's like a sip, uh, just, ex- just explains it all. You know, mm-hmm. it's full body, full body in the mouth. And, and it really explains the malts because uh, the grains are Pilsner's, Munich, Chocolate malt. I taste this Munich all day. It's almost like a um, best description is Modelo uh, Negra, mm-hmm. uh, and and so, so it has that, a full body that full body maltiness mm-hmm. of it. I love a good Munich. Okay, um, but you know then you know I love German beers. Yes, um, but this is so tasty. You think you say something like chocolate peanut butter porter, and you're like, ah, trash. No, it's not trash. It's actually really tasty. It's not a heavily peanut butter flavor, but it has a nice little nice little feel on the tongue and it washes back nicely. Doesn't have any residual taste in the back and the end. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I mean, you could I think you could do this. You could probably throw this with a steak if you wanted. Something rich and hearty or you could do this with um you could probably do this with uh Mexican like mole sauces. Or a okay. Thai with satay, with like a like a chicken satay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really good. But if you wanted to go a little sweet, you could have some chocolate with this. Like so a, you had a peanut butter sandwich with it. Is oh that yeah, what you started with today. I just because I just all the peanut butter we had around us. Right. Um, <laughs> I couldn't help but keep dipping my finger in the. Peanut. We had a little peanut butter uh, container on the side, and so couldn't help but keep tasting it. And so I had a banana. And then have some uh, pumpernickel bread okay. here. I just smoke. I thought just the darkness and okay. the nutty peanut butter. It all tastes really good together, and so um, really highly recommend it. I've mentioned Duclaw before. I'm a fan. Uh, we've done the 31, which was the pumpkin lager in the Halloween episode somewhere mm-hmm. around there. So good. I, I mean, they really. Uh, highlight the flavors they're presenting in the title of their brews. Okay. And so, you know, some people say, oh, it's this and it's that. And you don't really get it. But these guys, I don't know what they're doing, but. 
They're doing it right. They're doing it right, and they're really uh, setting up their elements really well. And then, you know, it's a Chinook hop, okay. so that's a pretty mellow hop. Okay. Um, it's not super bitey. So it's, it's, it's like your typical IPAs. It doesn't have any of yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's not painful, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but the Munich sticks out most for me. Maybe that's just my palate. I'm so used to that. But it's so, so good. Uh, highly recommend it. When I tried it, I liked the, the chocolatey yeah. notes in it. It's got, it's got some nice chocolate malt notes in it. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, something called a Crystal 150. Not 100% what that is, but, you know, give it give it a look and see what you think. Okay. But, um, you know, if you like a dark beer, it's not bitter. Right. Um, you'll like this. And it's not like a Guinness. It has something, no, it's something not else a Guinness. going on It's because it. of the chocolate um, and the Pilsner grains in it that I think prevent it from being so thick. It's also, you know, it's peanut butter. It's chocolate, you know. This is not this okay. is not a Snickers bar, but you know it's it's got a good taste. Okay. What do you have in mind? Because it's tasty. Well, what I'm doing since we we're on this peanut butter kick, uh, Tawan and I, this episode, I decided to try Screwball because these uh, flavored whiskeys are now becoming a thing. I, I hope it doesn't last too long, personally, but <laughs> it's it's becoming a thing, and uh, I decided to try what's called Screwball. Out uh, Screwball uh, peanut butter whiskey out of uh, California, Ocean Beach, California, actually. And it's uh, a husband and wife couple who decided he's a foodie and she was like a lawyer in California. So, and he was a foodie and a bartender. He His name is uh, Mr. Yang. Let's see. Get his information up here for you. So it's tasty, though. It has yeah. like a nice little butterscotch note. It's Stephen and uh, Brittany Yang out of california and they they created this whiskey just because i guess they because he was a mixologist he liked to try different infusions of, mm-hmm. of whiskeys and, and whatnot and Makes so sense. he decided to bring his two favorite things together and that's whiskey and peanut butter mm-hmm. so with this one i decided to do it their website is really great they spotlight their people I'll, I'll post it in our in our social so you can check it out and mm-hmm. um but they talk about their love for whiskey and, and bringing marrying these two together now it, what's interesting about it you could also infuse your own whiskey your favorite blend of whiskey with whatever peanut butter or any other food that you like because now the big thing now is fat washing which is where they process you soak whatever you want to soak whatever fat you want to soak in the bourbon mm-hmm. and then you put it in the refrigerator you soak it for a few days you put it in the refrigerator the freezer and let the fat rise to the top and then you just trim that off and then strain it in your own special bottle and you have whatever flavors a lot of people are doing bacon a lot of people are doing smoked ham i could see that the smokiness of it peanut butter is a big thing now and also maple syrup so if you want to if you want to do certain things and it's it's better to actually make your own than to buy these things out of the store because you get more flavor yeah and uh i decided to make an old-fashioned with this called a peanut butter old-fashioned i'll post it to the mm-hmm. social too but it's literally your typical old-fashioned with the with the bitters and whatever whiskey this time i didn't do any kind of simple syrup and then just some nice cherries and it, it has a like a butterscotchy kind of flavor yeah, it to definitely it. does it yeah, reminds so. me of my grandma when she would give you candies and stuff yeah in, did, the, in the candy bowl i think the 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 bitters made it kind of made it sort of butterscotchy but it's, it's interesting it's a, it's a good taste it's, it's a nice little light drink i yeah. would actually add a little bit more booze to it like some rye it is a light drink give it a little something extra because i think it needs a little bit more of a push it feels springy yeah like for sure. summery mm-hmm. you could drink because it's light and it's pretty and yeah you know. and you can you know a lot of different palettes it would work with but, it's uh, light yeah it's not heavy on a palate no. i need a little bit stronger i mean i <laughs> i feel booze going down my chest right now but well that's good that that's great <laughs> So I mean, I'm just saying. You're saying it's yeah. not. As... I mean, it's just not. I like I like a more bourbony note. I need more. Oh, I see. More hit, but you know, it's fine. It's it's good. Mm-hmm. Alcohol content is low, so jump into it. Check out their website. They got some really cool recipes in there for all seasons of the year. So uh, if you want to try something different, and why not jump into these flavored things? But like I said, I'm Kentucky bourbon all day. So just right. give it to me neat in a glass. But um, <laughs> you know, good good job. Good yeah. job. It's and, very tasty. And it looks fun. Try something different. Yeah, it looks fun. Try something different. We'll post it. And you'll yeah. see. It's it's a fun little thing. For sure. I like it. 
So let's talk a little bit about industry news. Sure. Talk about industry news. Should I go first? Sure. Um, well, if you can't hear the outside, <laughs> they're representing hardcore right now for what I'm about to say. Um, <sighs> Manhattan. Harlow. <laughs> but, you know, we do. So we move on. Industry news. Just want to say a little quick note. As I mentioned, we're getting a nice little love out there. But I'm going to say, I want to speak a little bit about DMX. We lost him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, we lost Black Rob, too. Yes. Recently. This was what, like yesterday? Today? Yesterday. Yesterday, right? He was he was ill. Um, not quite sure what why he was ill, but um, DMX... Um, we lost him, slipped into a coma after a heart attack, and uh, never quite made it off the ventilator. But what I wanted to say about DMX is, I was a fan of DMX. Um, and what I really loved about DMX so much was his ability to be vulnerable in such a hardcore situation. You know, in, 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 in his life, we were able to see uh, who he actually was. Um, even though his exterior was tough, he was such a genuine soul. And it just, it, 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 it seems silly to me, um, maybe to be so emotional about a person I didn't actually know personally. But I realized that this man exposes wounds so that we can heal our own. And for that alone, I, I very much respected him and his music. He was not just a rapper, he was a poet. He was an actor. He was a victim of the school, the prison pipeline. And that unfortunately sealed his fate. But did not, but did not shield us from his, his caring humanitarianism. And uh, in a way, I think uh, most people outside his world couldn't see him, but you know, we saw him. Uh, if you were a fan and you knew his work, we saw him. And so I just wanted to say, you know, uh, rest in peace, sir. You should be at peace now, and, and things will be so much better for you. We've lost so many this year, but this one is a hard one because we're sorry to see him go. His, his struggles were real. And at 50 years old, so he really 50. had so much life yet to live. He had so much life left to live. And he, had, he, he, was, he shared so much of himself and his wisdom. Um, and I really appreciated that. Also, it was the first time ever I've ever heard my name. <laughs> you know, I have a difficult spelling of my name, and it's not a common name unless you're a black girl that was born in the 70s. Uh, but, you know, to hear my name in a song, I couldn't find my name on a hat. I couldn't find my name on a shirt, on a Six Flag keychain, but <laughs> on a birthday celebration. But when DMX said my name in his song, you know, all eyes on him. So. It was interesting, and you know, thanks for including me, D. Alrighty. <laughs> rest in peace, sir. Yes, yes, rest in peace. Uh, well, I wanted to talk about since this is our Oscar episode, we're, we're spotlighting two films that are both Oscar nominees. Yes. And several of our films uh, during this time period have been that are on the on the list for the Oscars this year, so that's a good thing. And we'll talk about some of those. Yes. But um, I wanted to talk about first of all just. The category right now, there's so much happening with it, with the award shows, and considering the fact that we're still in the pandemic, they can't actually have live shows. Everything will be virtual. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that the Oscars did this year, which is a little different, there's a lot more diversity in here, and uh, it's kind of it's almost shocking to see it. But then there was when you look at the kind of content that's been put out in the last year, I think that the the stories had to be a little different. They had to be a little bit more yeah. than just your action you know, superhero drama or your big blockbuster that people couldn't see on a big screen. So it needed substance. They had to give provide us with entertainment that was a little bit more more attention to character building and characterization and development of stories and, and all those kinds of things. So the Oscar list is is pretty vast. And uh just yeah. for example, um uh the lead actor in the film we're gonna talk about uh, Riz Ahmed, he he's just doing great things. Of course, Chadwick Boseman is is nominated for his role in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and there are just so many different things here. Stephen Yen 
is in here from everybody knows him from Walking Dead, but he's a great actor and yeah, Glenn uh, from Walking Dead, right? And I'm just I'm excited about that. Uh, Andre Day, who did an outstanding job, fantastic. We the, loved it. Yeah, in the Billy Holiday story. Now I'm remiss that we didn't get a chance to um, review it because I just want everybody just to see it. And her her performance was just outstanding. Yeah, she George decided Rapper. never to sing again and just to act. She would do great. She would do a great job with that. And there's just so many things. Um, uh, Lakeit Stanfield is in here. Daniel Kaluuya, both for Julius and the Black Messiah. And we talked about that before. Leslie Odom Jr. is in here from yeah. One Night in Miami. Yes. Also a great film. I wish Regina would have been nominated, but her turn is definitely going to come. Her turn so. is coming. You know, they can only sure. do two women at a time, so they pick the... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they so. pick the, the two women they thought worked best. You know, my queen is in here, Viola Davis. She's nominated for a leading actress. She's won. And, um, you know, for a few Carrie other, Mulligan, who's... She, in the other film we're going to spotlight today she's also nominated so it's it's just a great list of films and, and opportunities for people to see some interesting work um my favorite documentary is also nominated uh crip camp which we talked about yeah we were last year early in the part pandemic of the, Obama, the obama's uh series of films they've been doing right on netflix so uh mm-hmm. there's just some, some good stuff out here and hopefully as the country starts to open up in this very weird way you know, some of the theaters open now. So if you, if you do get a chance to go, jump into it if you feel safe. Because um, there are some films that are actually going to be on the big screen, too. So, you know, there's always room for more. But like yeah. I said, I, I think we're going to finally start to see things changing a little bit, hopefully, in Hollywood with, with the kinds of content and storytelling they're doing. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because Judith and the Black Messiah, Judith and the Black Messiah will, will be uh, continuing to make history I mean, they're being nominated for Best Picture, and with Best Picture comes uh, Ryan Coogler, Charles D. King, uh, Shaka King, who was the, the actual director. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also we're going to get Shaka is up for Best Original Screenplay. He's up for, uh, along with, uh, his name is Will... Person and then they're twins, the Luke, the Lucas brothers. They're up as well, mm-hmm. and so that's all really interesting. And then there's a number of um, there's a number of uh, best songs that they're a part of. And then, like you say, you we got uh, Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya mm-hmm. and uh, Lakeith. He's up for uh, best supporting. So you know, th- these this is a, this is a pivotal time that. We've seen and we reviewed a bunch of films that highlight heroes and leaders of our communities. Uh, we're both African American. If you haven't watched, listened to the show before, rather, um, and so you know we've enjoyed uh, hearing about uh, Fred Hampton and uh, Billie Holiday. Um, uh, and then on the side, like there's been other things that like. Aretha, they recently had one on uh, National Geographic and right. Mahalia Jackson with Javon Zoran, um It was on Lifetime. On Lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so I'm loving that they're releasing these and giving these people a sense of humanity that we've not seen before. For sure. We get told these stories of them as heroes, but we don't see them as humans. We just see them as these huge archetypes. And then people spin off and use these, these memes and, you know, diatribes on social media without knowing what these people actually did mm-hmm. who they actually were they had real lives they had real loves they had real pain and i'm so grateful for these films for exhibiting that absolutely yeah. so just to wrap this up with industry news look for the oscars it's going to be on um april 25th yeah on abc so i uh, can get a chance to check it out and there'll be plenty of content with that because I'm, I'm sure they're taping a bunch of different performances and yeah, however they're sure. going to do it. But it's going to be great. So uh, check it out. But there are a lot of shows that we reviewed that are being nominated. So, you know, it's yeah. nice to root for a show that you you enjoyed, a movie yeah. that you enjoyed, rather. And, and, and just go out there and support. Yep. The 93rd Academy Awards. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So let's... Which one do you want to talk about first? Promising hmm. Young Woman... I don't know. They were both so good. Or a sound of metal. Um, hmm. Hmm. 
All right, promising young woman. Let's go there. Okay. Let's go there first. All right, promising young woman, starring Oscar nominee. Oscar nominee. Uh, Oscar nominees. Yes, oh, both of them. Exactly. Carrie Mulligan and the director, whose name is Emerald Fennell. This is her mm-hmm. directing debut. Debut. She is also a writer, and she's written a number of pieces um, that we've seen before. Uh, she's one of the two women nominated, two women directors nominated yes. for um, best director. Congrats to her. This particular film is about a young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past who seeks out vengeance against those who have crossed her path. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting film. I, I will preface this by saying um, I'm a fan of revenge films in general. I'm really a fan of rape revenge films. And I know that sounds weird, but um, I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I like a motherfucker getting they come up and stuff that they've abused someone quite disastrously. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in my in my opinion, uh, this is definitely a rape revenge film uh, with just a bit of a different take. So this they they allude to the act, but never really specifically mention it by name. Mm-hmm. They never actually say she was raped, but there are all these these elements in the film that definitely allude to the fact that she was. At least attacked, right? Um, and we we aren't constant. What I liked about this is we aren't constantly victimized by the act. I understand that for some they've put it in films to highlight or maybe to align you with the character, but it can be very hard to watch uh, an actual rape. Um, and so, um, like Irreversible, the French film. The hardest rape scene, almost, that I think I've ever seen. Um, and I've seen a lot of rape revenge films. Uh, but I think in, in, in terms of what this one does, you know, that has been done differently from other predecessors, like uh, Wes Craven's Last House on the Left, or the classic I Spin on Your Grave, or Miss 45, or like 70s, early 80s films, too, where they were really gritty and dirty. and um, They highlight everything. And then the revenge ensues. We start in this film after the fact, and a lot of things are sort of eluded, but are still just as prevalent and just as hard. Um, They affect you just as uh, emotionally. Um, To rape revenge, you know, uh, I think it was done very well. I think she wrote it well. There were a couple goofy parts, like the montages were a little much. But I think that cut but some I of the tension because we needed it because the subject matter is the not... The subject matter is is not easily yeah. uh, swallowed. But I think, I think depending, also depending on who you are, you, you're aligned to it automatically because um, you're invested in, 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 in the outcome. And so... Um, but I mean, I think it good, you know, at, at times, you know, what I think is really interesting is it has a really interesting twist and the movie takes a turn at some point, a good one. But because um, at some point we're left at a standstill and it, it, and it does eventually move forward, but it wraps well, I think. I can't give you much more than that because then I would be ruining it for you. Yeah, you definitely and need to where, see it. And where sometimes we don't give a fuck about that, we have ruined things for people. This one I really want you to just take it in because the the wrap-up is so beneficial. Right. Yeah. Well, you know the interesting thing about this movie, first of all, they shot this movie in 23 days. Yes. And uh, Emerald Farrell, she, Fennell, she was yeah. seven months pregnant yeah, she was. during the filming of this, this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just put her all into it. They, they, she the, did. It visually was beautiful. It was very stunning to look at. She was in it, too. She, she was, was. Remember she was doing the blowjob lips? And she was watching a YouTube video. Oh, the yes. YouTube video is Emerald. Yes, 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 yes. So you know, there's just there's a lot of um, there's a lot of color in this. Laverne Cox is also in the movie. Yes, She's, uh, Laverne Cox in the movie as the owner of the coffee shop. There's so a like number I said, of people. In it's it. just uh, it was quite entertaining in the way that Very entertaining. you think that you know you there are so many people that have been victimized on a night out, and then you wonder how how you can. Like where is the, where is the the justice for those women? 
mm-hmm. you know, and some men. So I think that it's just interesting to see how it all played out because in, in a way you cheer for her. Yeah, she's the know, anti-hero. In a way you cheer for her. And then also, you know, as a man used to, I think about, well, what did I do? Like, what, right. where was I in this conversation? And it has brought up a lot of conversation among men, this, this actual oh, topic. Sure. And uh, where they talk about, you know, because it's something that you think about. If you did something 30 years prior, how would it be viewed now? Right. You know what I mean? And what you thought it was may not have been what it actually was for other people involved. Well, that's the tagline. Are you listening? Right. So it, it was it was quite interesting. But the funniest thing to me and or the oddest thing, because I think there was a lot of odd moments there was in this a lot movie, of oddity in it. was the family home that she lived in. It was like you were drawn back in time to like the uh, early 80s. It was like yeah. late 70s, it was early like a 80s. Museum. And it, nothing was touched. The furniture was perfect. The parents sat in particular chairs in the house. They never really strayed around that much. Mom was very concerned about her daughter, yeah. you know, who was 30 years old, living back at home and all this other stuff. The father, he was just wanting her to be happy. And there was just yeah. some moments in this film where you're like, wow, like what, what's what's really going on here? Did it, yeah. did it lead to, you know, Carrie Mulligan's character being the way she was? Like, I don't think so. I think it was the circumstances. I think it was solidly was the incident. That, and then her bedroom, her childhood bedroom was like it. Everything was the same. stepped out of time. It was like being in your grandma's living room. Right. Covered in plastic, everything is still and like freeze dried for perfection, right. and nothing like you know. Even you, you even questioned sitting on these these chairs mm-hmm. or you walking know. on the carpet because you know, everything on was the perfect. Car- everything was set up like mm-hmm. they would sit at the table and um, and wait for her. And it was like the parents were interesting because it was Jennifer Coolidge and Clancy Brown right. and like. These two don't ever play this kind of role. This role was, and that's why I felt like there was going to be a turn. Right, because he's usually like a badass, and she's usually so silly, campy. Right, with a little quirkiness. With a little quirkiness Mm -hmm. to her, over-sexualized. And I'm like, and I kept saying to myself, is that Jennifer Coolidge? Like, But she was brunette in this, so she was very toned down, but... It was really interesting how they how they used her in it. Even Laverne Cox had a had a sort of turned down like mm-hmm. chiller vibe. She was fun. I like that she was in it. She was fun in it, but she also had a everyone was deferring to Carrie's character. Right. Yeah. And and the thing about her character, she had there was there was color and life in her. Yeah, there was so in much the color. weirdness of space because she was really kind of dead in the eyes. She was dead know, in the because, soul because of where her character was, but everything else about her exuded this life and this energy that I well, don't yeah. necessarily believe she had. Well, that's what for me, like, so in the film I'll, I'll talk about the uh, the the craft a bit. Mm-hmm. First of all, I love the neon. It felt so 80s with all the neon, but it added to the color of it, right? So it right. was lots of Because the color palette pinks. was really cool. Yeah, there were lots of pinks, hot pinks, soft pinks, mauves, like all kinds of stuff. Lots of blues. And at some point, they were like very distinctive of gender. Yeah. Um, there were lots of yellow. She wore these flowery, flowery dresses, like sundresses. And she was so like cute with her long blonde hair and this like, you know, she and Laverne Cox was always wearing a nice color, like a lavender yeah, there was, and purples and like. And it blues. was called mm-hmm. make the coffee shop was called Make Me Coffee, right? And it was everything was bright, right? And and colorful, almost like a candy shop, but like a candy shop, but almost it was a just juxtaposition to the darkness of what really existed mm-hmm. and what really was trying to like be unearthed on the surface and it was just like the i love the angles that they chose they chose very interesting angles um i really love the sound effects the music was amazing it reminded me of the shining in the way those old movies would sort of stir you up and manipulate your emotions with uh uh orchestral music mm-hmm. it was like that was strong violins and at one point like you can feel the tenseness in your body and it would just sit on an image for a while and right. it would just it would allow you to surface all your your anxieties and and and, and um, hopes for what was to come next you know it would just set you up for it mm-hmm. it was really interesting i like that the uh, she cut the heads off of a lot of people um, yeah. and you and normally you know when you watch a film and even as filmmakers that we are we're very careful to give you headroom 
this was very deliberate. Yep. There were lots of cut heads. Um, a lot of a, a lot of the frame was cut. There was a lot of objectification of bodies, of male bodies. Definitely a lot of male um, bodies of all sorts, yeah. fractured body mm-hmm. parts. Right. So it gave me the allure of this anonymity. Right. Giving me the sense that this could be anyone. Um, and I'm assuming because of what she was doing. Initially, her targets were open ended. Right. They were. They seemed to be open. Um, but then it became targeted. And mm-hmm. so that's where things started to open up a bit and we started to see heads more and more deliberate action. And so um, you got the sense that she was just out here set set out on revenge for just anybody who was just gonna cross her fall, path. Fall mm-hmm. in her trap mm-hmm. too. Because yep. she also had a trap. But the, the thing about the trap was um, it wasn't entrapment in the sense that she didn't give you enough chances to get out of it. Right. Um, you had plenty of chances to get out of the trap, but you, you, you know, the men in this film refused. Um, I just love the specific notions of of uh, future predictions of what was going to happen in the scene. So, like the scene when she's with the old friend at the restaurant mm-hmm. and they're getting trash. Yeah. The themes of like blood or spilt blood, in a sense on the white tablecloth when the wine spills and it spreads across. But now, in hindsight, as the blood spills and all the wine rolls towards Carrie, it's just like really interesting ways in which she did. And it's reminiscent of like, um, it's reminiscent of um, um, Taxi Driver. So Taxi Driver had tons of water and tons of, like all this emotion and blood and, uh, before it actually occurred, and so this this did a lot for that in that regard. And I, I really appreciated her in that. There were amazing images of like objectified body parts. I can't go much detail than that because it would spoil it for you. But these were beautiful offset images. You know, I'll just hint by saying uh, the water at the end with the fire mm-hmm. in the hand. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. And that was beautiful. Um, well, and mean, then it, the bright colored. Even the way it starts with the dance scene. Yeah. With all the men at this. I guess it was a wedding or something. And the, It was a bar. It was just it a was, bar having a happy hour. Or Yeah. Wherever they were. But it was yeah. just a bunch of men gathering and dancing. And, and you're only seeing their. You're basically only seeing their crotches. You're only seeing crotches and, and bellies. And it just. It was just like. Okay. What is happening here? I was here? like. What? But it, it kind of opens in that. And it kind of sets the tone. And, and from there. We just kind of keep going. Yeah. And the camera was constantly panning down yep mulligan's body yep you know she was moving and it wasn't in a sexual way it was almost to kind of set the scene for who she was going to be because she was very much a chameleon very in much. this film and um it's interesting i was watching an interview with her just this morning in fact and there was there was a critic from uh one of the la papers i think it was who made a comment that he couldn't believe that she was chosen for the role well, because she always plays this sort of like sweet person. Well, you know, it's because I think it's be, but offset they were trying in a to dark space. Her, they were trying to describe her as not attractive enough for the role. What? So she slapped back. She was hella fucking cute. She slapped back and she clapped back real quick. Of and, course. And then you know she got an apology from the paper. Yeah, she should have. But then the then the reporter started getting bashed all on social media, and then she came to. That de- person's defense. defense, yeah, because you know she she was like you're missing the bigger picture here, yeah, you know, and and she talked about taking on roles that, you know, were there to support and encourage women and, and women being empowered, and yeah. so that's why she's always chosen these types of roles, and she was also yeah. in Mudbound. Remember when well, we she did was Mudbound? in Mudbound. She was in Drive, which is right. by far one of excellent, my favorite excellent films, film. um, and she still plays that same role where she's just sort of like. She's not innocent, but she's sort of beset in this role. She was also in shame. She was shame. She was the sister the in sister. shame. Mm-hmm. She was in Skylight. She was in Suffragette. Uh, she was in Collateral. She was. She was also in. Um, oh, she played the voice in Christmas Carol. Never mind. Um, but she was in a lot. Of, she was in Dig, which mm-hmm. I haven't watched yet. It's new on um, uh, Netflix. Um, but she plays these roles of like the real woman, right? Um, and I really appreciate that because, like, she was so genuine in this role as an everyday cute regular woman, right? 
who used to be this type of woman um, who used to be somebody. Let's say that. Mm -hmm. She used to be somebody, and now she is this. Right. And it's not to say that it's beneath her. This is just where she's settled, and she's dealing with something very dark. Yeah. And essentially, she's the only one left to deal with it, too. Because anyone who's ever had anything to do with it has moved on or has um, escaped. Yeah. Everybody's um, definitely and moved on. They moved on or they escaped. Mm -hmm. And so she is basically here to be the Avenger. Um, and though there are moments where uh, we see her difficulty by herself, just dealing with it. And then someone comes in and interrupts her stream of consciousness and they regret it. <laughs> but um, it's really interesting that, you know, she was also in an education, remember that? You know, uh, she, she just plays these great regular women, sometimes mousy, Right. parts but then they don't ever stay that way they don't ever stay that way there's a strength in her at yeah, every sure. moment at every moment there is always a strength yeah. and so you know like and she, she has a you know she has a comedic side she was just she on does. she was just hosting uh saturday, saturday night live. live her husband popped in right for mumford and son he's the yeah. lead singer of he's mumford a, and sons yeah. and uh so it's interesting you know and they have two kids and she lives yeah. in the uk so you know like i said it's it's cool that you know you get to see these kinds of things because i said you know, we're in a time and space where you want to see movies and, and content about more real topics and interesting issues yeah. outside of just your superhero genre. Superhero, just, I mean, standard drama. We we haven't had, like, good standard, well, I guess we've had good standard dramas, but they've been, like, based within biopics or right. Um, right. pieces like that. And so... We don't have this casual. That's why I'm glad that we, we chose these two films today because it was time to get away from the biopics a little bit and just talk yeah. about some, some interesting characterization. Well, it, was, it was time to talk about other oppressed people because mm -hmm. <laughs> we were talking about we were talking uh, we were talking a lot about blacks and, and historical blacks. And um, and so there this 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 is important too, you know, uh, women's rights. And uh, disabilities, people affected. Absolutely. So. So let's jump into. Yeah, rating though. Well, you know what? This one will get. A, this one gets a four and a half for me. This one gets a four and a half for me. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a solid. I'll give it. I feel like I'm gonna give it a solid four. I feel like I. I really like the the writing. I really like the editing. I really like the way it was shot. Um. I really appreciated. Um, I really appreciated the way they really delved into into what happens to a person when life hits them with unfortunate circumstances. Do they embrace the change, or do they stay and hug it, uh, stay with it unnecessarily? And I think you'll see that this one is one in which. This person was committed to resolving this circumstance, and in the next one, uh, sound of so that's the reason metal. why you gave it a four. I gave it a four. I oh, I don't think it was a knockout at a park. I I think there were some things that that uh, took me back. Uh, the whole thing where we had to figure out the chapters versus the act structure. Yeah. Um. There were also moments where, where I said that that giant twist threw me off for a sec, but I you jump back in. But I think four is a pretty high number. Okay. Do I'm, I'm at, is, was it solidly perfect all the way? No, I, I'll give Carrie a five. Oh but, yeah. Oh, but dang. um. Oh, but and then I give the cinematography a five because cinematography was amazing. By the way, Benjamin, uh, Crushin, mm -hmm. Crush, Crushun. He was the DP. He was the DP. Um, and he's done a number of other things. Third Day, uh, Beast, Monsoon. Um, but, you know, he he was very good. And the, the film was, was stunning. Uh, and so, yeah, I think four is good. Okay. Yeah. Got so it. let's move on to someone who refuses to acknowledge the, <laughs> acknowledge the state they're in. Yeah. The Sound of Music. So, sound, sound of, of metal. metal. Yes. Uh, starring 
starring Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cooke, uh, Paul Racy, uh, a number of other uh, notable actors, directed by Darius Martyr. Uh, and the, the synopsis is, it's about a heavy metal drummer's life is thrown into freefall when he begins to lose his hearing. Hmm. And there's so much more than that. So much more than that. It's a weird, that's a weird synopsis, but there was just so yeah, much more to that. That's the synopsis we got. But um, <laughs> I just think that it's... Um, I mean, I think if I, if I, you know, there are so many synopsises to choose from, right? Oh, yeah, So yeah. I think if you choose one that's too deep... See, like Rotten Tomatoes has something that, like a whole paragraph. I'm like, but you also told me half the fucking film. You're right. You know, so it's just like. This 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 film is uh, definitely more than I thought it was going to be because I knew that it was going to be interesting and I, I knew that it was going to take us to some different places. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't spend too much time dealing with metal and the music itself. Yes. Because there was so much more to this story than that. Yes. But I, I think that it was interesting to see uh his journey into yes becoming deaf and and trying to put it in a place and and, and get his life back in order cuz of course he just wanted to fix the problem and not and not have to deal with n- not being able to hear especially because he was a musician but i feel like he didn't want to embrace the community he, he found well, himself well, in. Well, the thing is, who would? I mean, it's something that you're you're suddenly in. And so mm-hmm. it takes time it to... It interrupted his life. It takes time to adjust to that as an adult. And, and the fact that everything that you knew about your life has suddenly changed in the blink of an eye. In the blink of an and eye. So, and so I think that he, he did a... Though a, I suspect a, it wasn't so blink. Well, I feel like, you know, as a... As a as an artist and dealing with that kind of not noise quality, I'm sure there were signs that it was right. happening a, way along I'm the sure path. he was having hearing issues, right. diminished and, hearing issues. But you issues. know, he just was so busy in the midst of... He was of, focused. Right, what he was going through, and also he was a, a, a former drug addict, so yes. he was dealing with so many things. So I think that it's interesting that, and I'm glad they didn't have to take him down certain paths because he was a former drug addict, that he had to go that route. But I think it's it's interesting that you know a lot of this film dealt with it puts you in his place uh-huh. so as the viewer we were watching it as he was experiencing it yeah we had a great pov so there were some interesting moments with sound like we would in the in the beginning we got all of the sound yeah we got every little Full sound range. that you would hear just every little moment mm-hmm. in a person's life Coffee, you got all of that the the blender and then all of a sudden it starts to go away it starts to diminish and then it's like okay so you definitely felt like you were part of it. And, and even when he was confused, you know, the filmmaker did a, a great turn of making us feel the same way. We, yes. we were not party to some of the conversations. Yeah. And I think that that's interesting because you never really, you know, as a person with a disability, you never really understand what that disability is about. Because one, all of our disabilities are different. We're not all the same. Yes, not so a monolith. I think that, you know, I think that what's interesting about it is that you were feeling the same way he was feeling and because you know if you've never experienced that just like anybody else you would all be the same way you'd be kind of lost it's like somebody's sitting in my wheelchair they all of a sudden don't know how to move it and they don't know what to do they don't know how to sit they you know it's they don't know how to open the yeah. door there's so many things that you have to learn how to do so it's so it's interesting that they, they took us on the journey with him Mm-hmm. And we actually got to the same place when it was over. So it's just, yeah. it's really kind of interesting that we, make, we come full circle, you know, that you actually come full circle in a film. And it just wasn't as they didn't make him a victim. Yes. They made him a character who needed to learn either to adjust to his new life mm-hmm. and keep moving mm-hmm. or just try to constantly recapture the past and everything about his right. Everything about his life was changing in the same moment. Right. You know what I mean? And based on one circumstance that led to so many other things happening. So I think that it was it was good to see that this is an out he's an outstanding actor and I can understand Yeah, Riz is is really good. Why and he's, he's been nominated. in so many mm-hmm. he's actually executive producer of this. I didn't know that wow. at all. But he's been in so many films and if you don't uh recognize the name Perhaps you'd recommend recognize some of his films. You know, he's been in uh, Nightcrawler. He's been in 
Rogue One for the Star Wars fans, Four Lions. Um, he's been in A Long Goodbye, The Sandman. He's been in Venom. He was a bad guy in Venom. Yeah, he was he Riot. Was. Yeah, he was. He was Riot in Venom. Um, he's He's been in so many. In the show he was on on HBO, uh, something about night. Um, yeah. That's where I first saw him. Yeah. That's way. Oh, the night of. Yeah, the night of and where he where he borrows his uncle's cab, and then all these things. Yeah, unfold. and then all these things unfold with him, and then and, and it's racially motivated because he is of Middle Eastern ancestry. So it, 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 there was a lot of issues with that as well. Right, right. Um, and so it's really interesting to to see uh, to see him doing so well in this path, and I'm really happy that that. That they used him as they hired him as the actual character for the piece because it, it it needed it needed to be a an oppressed person. It needed to be a person who has to overcome all these other things. He was an addict. He was um, he was now a person with a uh, with a with a hearing uh, disability. Um, and so he was also not wealthy. He was also poor. Uh, he was just a musician who was on tour with his girlfriend. Uh, and so it was interesting because I, I just thought, I felt like the it was a very evocative look at the experiences of a suddenly deaf drummer mm-hmm. who I am sure blows the mind. Right. If you if your world exists in sound and suddenly you don't have it, mm-hmm. it has to blow your mind. And, you know, and his struggles to sort of fit into this deaf community, you know, the range of sound was amazing. If we could talk about that for a minute, yeah. uh, give them all the sound credits and all the awards when it comes to this i don't even know if they're nominated for sound because those parts are never usually really announced in that way it's usually the popular right elements and then later you see god i hope so because i really hope so it was a master class in how to use sound and how to use sound and i think the range of sound was amazing It, it goes from his pov to ours um the sound alone like i said could receive an oscar and uh you don't normally, when you watch movies, you don't normally hear movies. Even in big, giant blockbusters, you just hear noise. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and again, you know, like some Transformers or some shit like that, you hear like individual sounds, but you don't know what it takes to break that down. Right. But this was very evident. Um, you know, it just, this was not just visual, visual it was very audible. Mm-hmm. Um, and at times uncomfortable, but it was it was necessary for the moment in the film. Right, because um, we literally felt like he felt. We had to align with his mm-hmm. character, and I think Rez Ahmed, Rez Ahmed portrayed such a passionate performance. Yeah, he really embodied this character, and he does so much just with his facial expression and yeah. his eyes. His that eyes, yeah. Dialogue was not really necessary yeah. in so many parts. It wasn't what he was saying, it was mm-hmm. how he was moving, it right. was what he did with his body, it was what he did with his hands and yeah. um his like you said, his facial expressions. And I think what was interesting to me about this film is this film was the film is about loss, okay, of course, but also it's about celebration of spirit and mm-hmm. the hope and determination. You know, it's about the choices you make when life hits you with insurmountable obstacles. You know, which which basically lead to the question of whether to overcome or embrace them. And, um, you know, it's just, in this moment, he was just like, I'm just gonna overcome them. Mm-hmm. But what he didn't really realize is that he needed to embrace right. who he was becoming, right. not trying to fit into the world he used to have. Um, you know, so it, it just, what I, what, I, what I also like is it worked really hard to do away with the stigmas attached to disabilities. Absolutely. Choosing to represent them as differences versus handicaps. Yes. Uh, and so that was very important to me, was an able-bodied person who doesn't experience these things. And so it is nominated. Kevin just told me it is That's nominated for Best Sound. Oh, good. And I really hope it gets it. I because, hope so, too. I mean, who, who else is doing this? Yeah. I mean, you know, and I think... I'm loving that these these type of films are being made right. because, you know, especially with the inclusion of real people, there were actors on set with actual hearing disabilities. Yes. 
um, and because of both children and adults, both children and adults, and I really, I really appreciate that because it, it speaks from their point of view, you know, and their needs shine through most of all. Absolutely, you know, it's not a story from an able-bodied person who speaks telling the story. You can't speak until you sit in into that person's role. So it's like, for instance, we've known you forever. Me. But, Yes, you. You, 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 Vaughn. Me, (laughs) we've known you forever, Uh and so yes, before we met you, we didn't really understand the need for a a ramp at a curb or an elevator and a at a train station or a movie Mm -hmm. theater or or these things. Even me, and and in terms of how long we've known each other, me sitting in your chair and like helping you to repair it or like fixing something and then understanding how it, the mechanisms are right. and you explaining it to me because I have to fix something on a wheel so I have to know how to move it you explaining that to me is a whole nother world right you know it's almost like speaking another language mm-hmm. so it's 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 interesting to to jump into that world so it, it I just really appreciate films like Sound of Metal Crip Camp and and others like them, they, they just deserve a space in cinema. These stories are real people that exist, and we need them. Well, I think I think it's part of a, a bigger movement. I'm dealing with the same thing when it comes to my work mm-hmm. and just to have more inclusion of people with disabilities and all of that. So I think that as Hollywood starts to open up their storytelling, now you have a whole coalition of actors who are pushing this needle and, and trying to force Hollywood to, to yeah. see people of all types right. of abilities in film, yeah. behind the camera, in the production team, you know, right. not just on camera, but, all, well, you know, just actually a Television as well, like Walking Dead. Yeah, there was an actress here too, that so was I in The Walking Dead, Lauren Ridolph. Absolutely, and she was, she was great. And I think yeah. that just because what, what happens is everyone needs to feel like they're a part of the story in mm-hmm. life and you know that's that's a fight that I have to fight for so many people but I think that it's good to see this because now you you feel like okay and, and I've known there was a kid growing up that I knew who was who was deaf and just the fact that we would always want to play with him and hang out with him but we couldn't always sign we right. didn't know how to sign but because he was able to read lips it was always right and they helpful. exhibit that in the film too and believe it or not he was the only disabled person that I knew growing up so it was just it was a a weird space to watch it and I would love to be able to sign I want to learn how to do it myself me too actually I think it's a good skill to have I know someone and a good who... way to communicate and what what I also loved about this film was they embraced it and you didn't get to be a part of those conversations and he didn't get to be a part of those conversations yeah. until he learned their language until and he, he had learned to their language be able to let himself be that vulnerable and that open yep to this change and accepting them for who they were that's mm-hmm. one thing that was celebrated in this film yes. greatly and and what i appreciated and uh, i was telling tawana last night as we watched it just reminded me of the moment when you have to let go of wanting to fix whatever you think is broken about yourself and just embrace that and accept yes. this is your space and this is your it time. Exists, yeah. And, you know, I always think of my disability as my superpower. Mm-hmm. So I never, I don't, it doesn't sit in a bad space for me. But, you know, so many people, so many people can. But, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of just moving forward with their life because if you if you're going to sit in that space of oh I got to recapture something from my past whatever it is yeah. whether if it's, it's a former success or yeah. this love that you had with for someone if you don't move forward with it you're just going to be stuck in the past and I think that it was good to see that being explored in the film yeah I agree it's good to have it I mean I, I just think it, it, it was interesting to see too um, there was a whole and it there was a whole connection between him and his girlfriend Lou, played by Olivia Cook. Right. Who's also a really good actress. She is. Um and so it was interesting to see her sans eyebrows and Right. <laughs> I it mean, was she hard had, for me to look at her. She had them, but they were they were blonde. Right. And so what was really interesting about it is like, you know, when you are in the grips of trying to reconnect yourself to the life that you once had. You realize that life moves on, mm-hmm. um, and you either have to move on with it, or you stay stuck in that past. Yeah, and so it, it's really a choice. 
do you want to be in the past or do you want to move forward? Because we're all going to grow. Yeah. Whether we want to or not, we're going to move forward. Yeah. And if we don't move forward, then we just, you, you just don't find out what life really is. You're living in a past life that, that worked for the moment, but now it's time to move forward and embrace what's here. Right, and you know what? What, what, what was striking to me was there was just a scene in the film where he just accepted himself for who he was. He just accepts it, yeah. And his whole demeanor changed. This is the power of an actor because his yeah. his whole demeanor changed. His eyes lit up. His yeah. his posture changed. His yeah. look was just it just totally changed, and he felt. You felt the feet, the peace that he felt. Yeah, and it was like he finally wow. felt it. Wow, because he was wasn't like, chasing. Right, and it was just like wow, because you know there was a minute where he was chasing his healing, then there was a moment where he was chasing her. Yeah, you know he was trying to figure, you know, figure yeah. out a way for them to survive. Because he just always wanted to return to what they were. Right, and so it was just kind of interesting, and and you know even in their relationship, how they had to accept where they were. Mm-hmm in the current time as opposed yeah. to where they were. And I think that if more people did that, it would just be a, it would just be happier. It would be happier. Cuz sure. I think what happens is you always wind up trying to chase mm-hmm. what felt great. And that's fantastic, but you have to evolve. We're different now. Right. How can we connect in this new different space? Right. Can you give me what I need and I can give you what I need? Can I participate in this life in the way I am now versus the way I was? And make new experiences. And make new experiences. Otherwise, you're just stuck in almost a depression. Yeah, for sure. Pining for things that were. And the thing about life is life is about, you know, impermanence. Because the thing that I just remember that scene with him, he and the kids where they were just having fun. They were thriving. Yeah. They were talking to each other. Well, we were, I don't know about you, but I felt an excitement once I right. knew what they were saying. Right. I was like, oh, he signs now. Right. Oh, great. What right. are they saying? And like, they were all talking to each other and we got to see the subtitles. Yeah. So we knew. Because so, the stillness was so uncomfortable right. and, and it was uncomfortable for him because mm-hmm. it was new. Right. But we had to wait. Right, and, and figure and, out what it was, and we learned something about the power of stillness because there that yes. was a big moment in the film too. So I think that, you know, I I have to just give this film. I'm gonna give this film a five because yeah. I like solid five. I like where they were going. I like the the storytelling. I like the inclusion. Yeah, and you know I've always liked him and his his work and yeah I've always liked Racy. I thought was great as the counselor because he gave you heart yeah. and he gave you soul and he gave you tough love yeah. all in the same space and he's an he has he's actually hearing impaired yes and he's also nominated for supporting actor yep. so shout out to all the actors and actresses out here working and yep. filmmakers and right there were production several. teams like, and all these movies and, and you know Leslie Odom hopefully you'll get one too you know there's just so much there's just so much out here and I think completely that this is an opportunity since we're still kind of stuck in our pandemic ways you know this is an opportunity to look at some content and some films and you know TV dramas and there's yeah. just a lot of stuff happening this has been on for a minute and I I knew I needed to be in a space for it mm-hmm. to absorb it this is not just a passing glance and something to fill my time with Right, and so I'm glad I waited to see it. Right, promising woman too. I was waiting yeah. on that as well. We waited a while. Um, we waited a while, but I'm happy that we waited and these two have met. Yeah, and so I have had a blast. Thank you. I'm glad thank, you did. Thank you for my butterscotch drink. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> a via peanut butter. Yes. Um, uh, this has been a blast. So I'm so happy that you all have joined us. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. Yes. And if you like this episode, please be sure to share, like, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, on the BB, uh, on the Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie, and SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, yes. where you could hear our lovely voices. Absolutely. Thank um, you, Kevin, for making it all work. Yes, Kevin. Thank you, because we are just sludging through the pandemic in this nice way. And yes, we are. Still pushing content out. And yes, so we are. If you ever have anything you need to ask or say or recommend, please make sure you hit us on all these various options that we are available at. Yep. And make sure you use the hashtag, hashtag BBM podcast, this hashtag BBM podcast and we will be happy to respond in kind. Absolutely. Tell but, me your favorite drink too. I yeah, want to hear about it. Favorite drink, favorite movie, favorite beer. Hit us up because this is Beer Bourbon and a movie. And a movie.
Be safe, wear your mask. 